0: Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. On the count of three, favorite Christmas movie? One, two, three, go! I think I heard everybody say elf. I agree. So, no, there's so many good ones out there, but um, how many love Christmas? Yeah. I know, I know it can be challenging for some, especially if you've lost a loved one or different things, but... Uh, Man, we're just so excited that you're here celebrating Christmas with us today, and uh, we hope that you leave better than you came in. Um, You know, a lot of times we tend to do Christmas carols and stuff, but I am so glad that Holy Spirit decided to just breathe in here during worship service, and we got to just edify a king, right? We got to edify and exhort and just adore a king that happened to come to the earth in a manger... That happened to come to the earth to, to rescue you and I. Uh, we've been in this series the last few weeks, and uh, the series is called He Shall Be Called. And uh, in this series, it's, it's been one of my favorites recently because this has just been burning in my heart for uh, at least a year now, maybe two years, about the nature of God. And, and many times we, we, we may have grown up in a religious system or we may have grown up maybe not being exposed to the goodness of God or the love of a father. So we begin to categorize and, and think of God as only a judge. And I begin to do research and, and thankfully there's a whole lot smarter people out there than me. And they did research and there is 951 titles in the Bible that, that, that call God a different title. So I, I went on this journey to discover, if we want to know God's will, let's figure out his nature. What is his nature? If we want to know his nature, what does he call himself? So his will is to heal. His nature and his title is healer. So, so we know his will is to heal because he's called healer. We know that he, he, he loves um, happy, great marriages because he's called a counselor, right? Um, and we can go on. He, he saves people. He's savior, and we can go on and on and on, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nietzsche, Jehovah Rafi, like all these titles and all these natures and we, we look up here and, and we see like who God is. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, prior to really encountering the love of a father, I only knew a few titles of God and probably the most prominent in my life at that time was judge. And it just was this distant God that was just waiting for me to mess up or waiting for me to die that he could just send me to hell. And let me just tell you, we serve a loving God who's closer than a brother, who's a friend, who's, who's a lover, who's kind, who's not bipolar, who's not one moment, you know, absolutely in love with you in the next moment. He's just, he's just absolutely disappointed in you. That is not the God that we serve. He, he handcrafted you. He skillfully knit you together in your mother's womb. And he didn't make trash and then he didn't die for trash. Like, he didn't, he didn't make something that wasn't intentional, and it wasn't beautiful, and it wasn't good. And then at the same time, he didn't die for, for people who were worthless. Like, you are worth, you're valuable, and he paid a priceless death to prove your value. And that's, that's the, the thing about this series and what it's been. And so the first week, we, we kind of kicked it off with that mindset, and we talked about worship, and we talked about David, how he danced with all of his might before the Lord. And then somebody who was judging him with the eyes uh, that Saul's daughter, with the eyes that weren't a heart of worship, it looked a little funny. It looked a little weird. It looked crazy. And and some of us in here, you know, when I hear Kenny shout, glory, you know, you may begin to wonder, what is that person yelling? Listen, there is something behind the shout. Heath up here painting, there is something behind that paintbrush. And if we only knew the story behind that, You know, Heather up here beautifully dancing with Grace. And if we only, if you only knew the story behind that dance. You know, Heather was was destined. she She went to college on a full scholarship for dance. She was destined to probably go to Broadway or go somewhere big. And all of a sudden, she gets an unplanned pregnancy. Facing possible abortion, she decides to keep the baby, but loses her scholarship and loses her potential future in dance. That's the girl dancing up here who now gets to dance before the Lord with all of her might. And God redeems something really special. That's his nature. That's his goodness. If we only knew what was behind that shout or that dance, that was the first week. And then we went into the second week. Hark the herald angels sing. Praise that Jesus, his birth, joined everybody. He joined humanity. Listen, he's this good He is this good that he took the average with the shepherds. He took the working class. He took the blue-collar people. And then he brought in the wise men. And he brought in the the high class and the educated. And he brought everybody together, including the angelic, the supernatural. And he joins us together in community that we can cry out, Abba, Father, that we're sons and daughters of a living king. This is amazing. So we talked about praise and the difference between worship and praise. And last week, Nicole hit a home run with The gifts of God. God is a gift giver and talking about all the gifts and how he loves to give gifts. And I just think it's amazing that Christmas is so special that on his birthday, we get to open up gifts and trade gifts with each other. Come on, that is definite proof of a good father. Amen? So today, I just wanna follow up. There was something that was said last week when Brianna and Nicole got up. They did this transition and, and two independent transitions kind of, and both of them said this line and it just grabbed me. My heart leaped out. God is who he says he is. I don't know if you remember them saying that, but they just began to say, God is who he says he is. And God is who he says he is. God is a healer. God is a savior. God is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God is the Prince of Peace. God is Emmanuel, God with us. Like, he is who he says he is, and he never leaves us abandoned. He never forsakes us. He never lies to us. That God is who he says he is, and he never goes back on his word. He's always with us. So today I want to follow up with this, this whole kind of concept that, that, that he shall be called. And that thing of he is who he says he is, and, and Nicole talking about he gives gifts, I want to present to you today that Jesus himself is the gift. Jesus alone, Jesus himself, Jesus Christ is the gift that came to the earth to redeem us back to the Father. He came with a plan. Listen, it was a broken world full of sin and full of separation from God because of sin. But Jesus... But God, and suddenly something happened inside Mary and there was this plan that came out to connect us and reconcile us back to the Father, back to the family, back to eternity. Everybody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen, I wanna, I wanna just talk to you about Jesus being the gift. Have you ever looked really hard, maybe sacrificed a lot, did tons of research to get the perfect gift? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like you, you know, this is the one. Like, I, I got it. This is the one. The kids or, or, or my wife or, or somebody, they're going to love this one. This is, like, it's funny that our daughter Evelyn, she knows all of the, like, in gifts. These, like, pick-me-pops and dazzle me, brazzle me, I don't know, like, the things that she says. And every year, like, for the last three years, she knows the one that's the absolute hardest to get. What were the Shopkins? Like she was the one that knew about the Shopkins when they were out. We're like going to Target, trying to find the right Shopkins. We're like, I don't don't find the ice cream cone, you know? How many like you will search high and low? You will go through highways and byways and scale mountains and go through the valleys through the shadow of death to get the right gift. Anybody like that? I asked Nicole yesterday, I said, what was the best gift I've ever gotten you? She's like, well, it was the first year of marriage. She's like, and we were separated the eve of Christmas Eve. Because of the snowstorm, I was stuck at a fire station in Elizabeth Township. And uh, that was when we got like two feet of snow. It was crazy. So I couldn't get back home, so I'm stuck there. I couldn't get stocking stuffers because I hadn't yet got them yet. I was planning on a Kroger run. So, So anyway, you know, high class, first year of marriage, you know. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, <laughs> preach. So, so I did. I went to Harris Jewelers a couple weeks prior, and I got through this, this ring. And it wasn't just terribly expensive, but it had these three little insets, three little tiny. I'm talking like tiny diamonds. Like, you got to, like, really look for them. She's like, that was the best gift. And, and I'll tell you why. The good gifts are, are a few things. One of them is they're personal. Good gifts are personal. Good gifts sometimes come by surprise. It's an element of surprise. It's the shock and awe, okay? It's the element of surprise. The other thing is they're intentional, all right? They're sacrificial, all right? And, and then sometimes the good gifts, they meet a need. I'll just be honest with you. This ring, it didn't meet a need. Maybe an emotional need, I don't know. But it was surprise, it was sacrificial, it was personal, all right? So Nicole remembers this. Now, now what she's followed up with all of that to say, now Aaron, that's been 15 years, and you've yet to succeed in beating that gift. You set yourself up for failure. Every year, I'm waiting for something bigger. I'm like, well, every year we have more kids and less budget. But anyway, I'll be honest with you, getting back to this. My favorite thing, though, is to watch a person open a present. We got Josh and Angie some presents. And before this service, between services, we, were, we took them in the office. You're like, okay. And I'm like this. I'm like... I'm an affirmation guy, so like I'm looking at facial expressions, I'm looking at body language, is the element of surprise there? Is this a good reaction? Because if it's a good reaction, I did good, right? So it's the same thing, and, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that God sent his son into the earth that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life, Right? So so the father gift-wrapped Jesus for us, sent him to the earth as a plan that if we receive the greatest gift in the universe, we get to come back to the family and join him for eternity. So here's the father who was intentional, who met a need, was personal, an element of surprise, and now the father's saying, will my children receive this gift? what's going to be their reaction? What's going to happen at this encounter? What's going to happen when they say yes to me? What's their joy level going to do? What's their peace level going to do? What's their hope level going to do? And I don't know about you, but all of a sudden, when I received Jesus, something hit me like lightning. And I can't explain it all except for the Holy Spirit came in in a radical way because I needed it. I was depressed, I was an adulterer, I was lustful, I was was into all kinds of nasty stuff. And all of a sudden, but God came into my life and suddenly I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I began to weep and I began to just feel his presence and his power for the first time ever in my life. And I began to become exposed to the gift of Jesus. I became exposed to the nature of God that was outside of just judge. I became exposed to a loving father and a powerful creator and a a kind friend and all these things, right? Listen, Jesus himself, he is the gift this Christmas, He's the gift today. He's the gift tomorrow. He's the gift at Easter. He's the gift next year. He's the gift for eternity. Jesus himself is the gift. Let me, let me, let me go on here. Isaiah 9, 6. Listen, I love studying things. I love numbers. I love stats. I, I, I'm one of the weird people that love statistics. I love the class of statistics. And I learned that 30 people count as a sound statistic. Now, that's baloney, you ask 30 people, and now you're going to form a statistic and write a book about it. You need at least 100. But the rule of statistics, 30 counts. So here, here's the deal. In the, this is amazing that Jesus had 300 prophecies, 300 foretold things that he was going to come to the earth, and 400 later he fulfilled all 300 of those. Now, now, come on, they only had the law to go by, and these prophets are predicting in these 300 foretold stories, these 300 prophecies are being told that 400 years later, now the Messiah comes. Now, it's not a wonder that the Pharisees and Sadducees may have missed something, because sometimes Jesus is walking right by you, and you just miss it. Like, Jesus is right in front of you, and sometimes you just miss it. Sometimes we'll be in our worship service, and you'll feel that breath come in like we did today. And all of a sudden, some of us, will like, oh, the kids, rah, rah, and I'll just miss it. Well, well, here's the thing, if 48, I love, I love science, and I love that, that now we can prove things. Now we can study data, now we can collect evidence, we can collect artifact and prove things. Now let me just tell you that if only 48 of these prophecies of the 300 were, were fulfilled, if we put that odds and the number of, of zeros after the odds of it actually happening together, and they were electrons, it would take 6.6 billion years to even count them. That's the odds of just 48 of these prophecies coming to pass. Now, somebody way smarter than me figured that out. And it probably took them years to figure out that it takes 6.6 billion years to count the electrons. I don't know. But here's the deal. That's a 48. 300 prophecies come to pass that Jesus came to the earth as Messiah, as, 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 as Savior, as a gift for you and I. Everybody go, woo! Yeah. So... The first one that I want to read, Isaiah 9-6, is kind of the context of this, of this series. Isaiah 9-6 says this. It's what they read. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah, the prophet, also says this in seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we shall call him Emmanuel. Matthew one twenty three. the angel puts it like this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God came to dwell with us. God came to be one of us. God came to experience what we experience. He he could have come in majesty. He could have come in royalty. He could have come as a king, but he came as a little baby. Let's, Let's go to the Christmas story here. Luke 2, 4 through 20. How many are feeling good this Christmas? We have something to be thankful for, don't we? Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Now, what, what this is saying, this is the region, and I said this week one, but if you missed that and you're just with us today. Week one, this was a region that was known for raising lambs, sacrificial lambs for, on the altar of sacrifices and worship to God. Again, fulfilling old law. So this was a region of shepherds where they would actually raise. Some theologians seem to think that Jesus may have been born in the barn, cave, or stable where actual sacrificial lambs were being raised to be slaughtered for worship. So it says this, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn. A son, she wrapped him. How many know that from the beginning of Jesus' time, he was a gift wrapped for us in swaddling clothes? She wrapped him in linens and cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available. Listen, he he couldn't be born in a hotel or a guest room. He had to be born where the sacrificial lambs were being raised for slaughter. We'll we'll get to that a little later. Verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now again, this is part of the 300 fulfilled prophecies. And it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Verse 15, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now here, we'll, we'll stay here for just a minute. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. How many in that special gift you got, you wanted to tell everybody about it? Nicole, if Instagram would have been back, in, back then, she would have been like, bling. Right? She would have been telling everybody. But here's the thing. Like when we encounter the real Jesus, the real nature of God, we want to tell people about it. We want to exploit it. We We want to brag about how good God is. Like they've encountered the real Messiah. They've encountered the real Savior. They've encountered something. And all of a sudden the angel shows up, shows them these signs. This is what you're going to see. This is what you're going to find. Then all of a sudden they encounter Jesus. When we encounter Jesus, all of a sudden we leave different and we want to tell everybody about it. So here we go on. But Mary, it says, and all who heard it were amazed that the shepherds said to them. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart. Here's Mary, just probably blown away that God would pick her for this, for this amazing duty. And all of a sudden she gives birth to Jesus and all these things are happening. The prophecies are being fulfilled. The Messiah has come to rescue and redeem the lost and she's treasuring up in her heart. (laughs) The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just had been told. Now listen, you're in a place right now that we don't want to just read the word about it. We want to experience it. It said, all they had heard and seen. Listen, 60 pounds later, 60 pounds ago, you could tell I've been to a few buffets in my life. All right? I I don't mind buffets. Okay? You you go hungry, you leave miserable. (laughs) And let's just say, most of the time, it's 100% worth it. It's like, man. Like, one of my favorites, personally, is Asian Buffet. You get a little of this, a little of that, a little Japanese, it's like, bring it. Crab ragoon, chicken on a stick, I'm hungry, church. (laughs) From Thanksgiving to Christmas, I decided to go off my lifestyle change, and, and I've been making up for lost time. I had three Krispy Kreme donuts this morning. That's just an appetizer for what's about to take place the rest of the day. But anyway, I've severely digressed. I've tasted and seen that God is good. I've tasted and seen, listen, what they heard and they saw, they went to tell everybody about. Listen, it's not just about reading about a God in a Bible. It's about experiencing God of the universe. It's not just about knowing the Word of God. It's about knowing the God of the Word. Like I don't want to just read something. It, this when I read about a miracle, when I read about walking on water, that gives me full permission to go after it. Listen, this is this is what's foretold. By the way, this is my Bible, okay? In case you didn't know. So this is what's foretold of a testimony which is also a prophecy saying, listen, he healed the deaf ear here, he healed the blind here, he raised the dead here, an epileptic seizure was healed here. Now what's that mean to me? Yep, God can still do it today. Why? Because the word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his nature says that he's a healer so he can heal. I don't need to ask if that's God's will because he tells me to pray this prayer. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? Heaven. In heaven. And I know there's full healing and there's full restoration and there's, there's whole bodies in heaven, like in a sense, Right? There's no disease, there's no depression, there's no, none of this in, he- in heaven. So therefore, I have a right to an abundant life here on earth. And I've tasted and seen, I've seen thousands of miracles. We've seen tumors the size and bigger of salt just dissolve in worship service. We've seen dead raisings. We've seen these things. Why? Because I read about it in my word and I just decided to go after it. I've yet to walk on water, but I try. Josh Hosson for me the day he has walked on water. It had about that much ice on top of it. <laughs> hey, that's faith of the mustard seed. Let's build my faith a little bit. Not enough faith to take my cell phone out of my pocket yet, but I've still been trying. I've walked into walls. Why? Because I read it in my Bible teleportation. I read that ch- like we think the word is boring. You just haven't read the right word or known the right God. You haven't known His right nature because I'm reading people who are taken up in chariots of fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reading Peter taking out his sword and cutting off an ear of a soldier who probably had a helmet on. Like, I'm reading these stories, and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Nick was in here the first service. He's a police officer for Huber. His favorite movie's 300. And he begged every woman that got pregnant in the church, he's like, if it's a boy, will you name it Leonidas? <laughs> for three or four years, finally the Javier's named a son Leonidas. He goes by Leo, but Nick was like, finally, somebody listen to me. Like, I'm reading my word, and it's just exploding off the pages, and it, the text is just coming to life. Why? Because I've tasted and seen that he is good. Let, let, me, let me just talk about this. Have you? Yeah, how many people have been part of a white elephant gift exchange? I love those things. And I think it's the element of surprise. Like, I can bring total trash in with the chance of bringing back something really good. Alright, so, so one of the things, Nick and Tiana, we had a, our house group, our house church, our house, house people, our peeps. We, we had a white elephant gift exchange, and like it's all these gift bags, right? Because white elephant, you're just going to shove that thing in a gift bag. And you're pretty much either going to re-gift something, grab something from the house you don't like, or stop by the gas station, grab some scratch-offs, and throw it in there. But Nick and Tiana, they get this box. It's like this big, and, and somebody's like, oh, I get to open a box. So they're opening up this box, Right? And uh, I see Nick and Tina like this. I was like, that's your gift, isn't it? They're like, and somebody's opening this box, and all of a sudden, they take off the lid. They're like, it is a year's supply of condiment packets. They legitimately intentionally save condiment packets for an entire year just to bring it to that white elephant gift exchange. And I'm like, that's amazing. So, but here's a funny thing. Like, Nicole, it's her turn, right? She's like, I'm stealing that. Babe, there's like 9 millimeter ammunition here. There's all kinds of cool stuff you could get. You're going to steal the... con. She's like, we got a white elephant gift exchange with the gathering tomorrow night. I'm bringing that. <laughs> and somebody ended up with it from that one too. And then they said they were going to pass it on and take it to their next white elephant gift exchange. It's the gift that keeps giving. Who thought Taco Bell had such a good gift? So anyway... It's this this concept where I can bring something really terrible but happen to maybe walk out of there something great. Especially if my birthday's in December and they start from January. I get to go last and pick what I want. So so anyway, that's the great gift exchange that God has presented us. He gives us Jesus. The only thing we do is have to give him ourselves. There might be trash and junk and sin and all of that. But here's the thing. It's like it's the greatest white elephant gift exchange ever because he gave himself for us. He died on the cross. All of a sudden, Chloe comes home from school this week. She's like, did you know the cross was actually a really terrible place? And I never thought about it this way. I just thought that was the place Jesus went to die for us. And he went to pay a price so that we could could be whole and also get to eternity. But she's like, that's a place where criminals went to die. Like this was a known place where criminals Criminals went to die. Like Jesus, he says, he who knew no sin took on our sin that we may know the righteousness of God. Come on. Like he gave himself a gift for each of us when we didn't deserve it. When we're the one with flaws, we're the one with mistakes, we're the ones with terrible choices, with terrible backgrounds. But guess what? Jesus didn't care. The father's up there saying, but I sent my son as a gift for you. I sent my son so that you can have abundant life. Not just life, eternity, but abundant life. I'm the gift. I'm giving myself to you. First Peter 1 Peter 1:18 through 19 puts it like this. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Jesus, he is the gift. I love opening presents. I love seeing people open presents. I love the intentionality behind it. But the greatest gift that we can receive this year is his presence. It's him, himself, Jesus. The band can come. I want to leave with with one, one more verse here. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, prior to a few years ago, I used to always read that verse and translate it automatically in my heart of He came to seek and save those who are lost. It says that. What's that? Like some of us, maybe we've lost our joy. Maybe, maybe we've lost peace. Maybe we've lost, you know, restful nights or, 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 or unity in our family. Like, like it's not just for salvation. If we, if we say the cross was only for salvation, we kind of water it down. It wasn't just a ticket to get into heaven. It was also a ticket to get heaven into us. Like, the the cross is the unity that builds us and connects us to the groom as the bride. It's what connects us to the Father. It's what connects us back to the family and to heaven. Not just as a destination, but as an everyday reality. That's kingdom. Kingdom is is, is here and now. This is the kingdom of God. We We don't have to wait for a destination one day. What a glorious day that will be. I love that hymn that we sang back in, back in the day, but, but I don't have to wait for a day, what a day in the future that will be. I get to live heaven right now because I've asked Jesus into my heart and Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory to everybody around me, to my industry, to the fire department, to the city of Troy that I serve, to the church, to the city we live in, to the neighborhood I live in, to the people I work with, to my family. That's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And when I receive Jesus as a gift, all of a sudden, everything in me changes because I've tasted and seen that he's good. He's the gift. We wanna, we want like, I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love healings. I love all these things about all the natures of God. But I'll just be honest with you. The greatest gift in the universe is Jesus himself. He alone is enough. Just, just ponder that statement right now in any situation you're going through right now. Jesus alone is enough. The Word confirms and says, his grace is sufficient for all needs. Christ alone is enough. Christ alone is enough for your family situation. Christ alone is enough for your addiction. Christ alone is enough for your healing. Christ alone is enough for your hope, for your peace. Christ alone is enough for your salvation. Christ alone, Jesus alone. Jesus himself is the gift. It doesn't need to be fancy, it doesn't need to be pretty. We don't need these huge programs around it. We don't need these huge platforms around it. We just need Jesus. I'm not opposed to that stuff. We just need Jesus. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 2 says this. Whew. only knew what was behind the tears, right? I went years without crying, years with just hardness. And I just said, God, if you're real, let me feel you. I want to cry. So anytime the presence of God is it's just in the realm and I just start to feel it, and that, that's what this is. If you only knew what's behind the tears. Jesus alone is enough, man. Jesus himself is the gift. We need nothing else.